Welcome back to the Native AZ Sports Show, episode 21. 21. ASU. Can you do something for me? <laughs> Go Devils. ASU takes down number seven, Arizona, in Tucson at McHale Center. What a feeling. Uh, the shot heard around Tempe, heard around Arizona, heard around the whole college basketball world. Des Cambridge from beyond half court sinks it. A swish from three. Ben, how was your feeling when you saw that go in, and how are you, dude? Dude, I watched the whole game with my wife, as you can see here in the background, getting her laptop out. Um, I see. But I <laughs> watched the whole game from the couch. Uh, wow, it was crazy. I, You know, you just expect Arizona State to kind of lose those games. You never expect a half-court shot. I was like, oh, this is a fantastic game. It was really fun to watch. Yep. And then I got up off the couch. Oh, shit, he made it. He made it. It's crazy, dude. Kale Mary or the Game Bridge. I don't know what we're calling it, but those yeah, are good. Bobby, save Bobby Hurley's job, maybe even lock this into the tournament, beat him down in Tucson, demoralize U of A from thinking they have another shot at going to a Final Four. Right. Game. Yeah, our uh, our U of A hoops resident Drew Hefner punching the air. I trolled him endlessly uh, that whole time. Shout out to Drew. Uh, you know, but you know what? It was a game that I agree with you that a lot of times we end up losing. I would have said, ah, good effort, lost by three or four or five, and they pulled it off. Uh, defense travels. ASU's athletic. ASU plays pretty solid defense. Uh, and it's an overarching theme we're going to talk about on this episode that U of A is very talented offensively. But, you know, even according to Drew and a lot of others, like some of these main guys, Tabellis, Pell Larson, like their defense is concerning at times. So we're going to uh, hop into that a little bit. So take me through your thoughts. You watched the game in its full entirety. I caught the last mostly the 10 minutes of it. So talk to me through the first half. What did you see? How did you think we played? What were some of the things you saw from Bobby in, the, yeah, in so terms of coaching? Absolutely. So it was pretty back and forth. Um, one, the intensity was so much better than a lot of games that I've, I've watched personally this year with them. Um, they were really locked in. I'll say this, ASU takes bad shots consistently. I think they minimized their bad shots. Did they still continuously take shots that they shouldn't? Absolutely. They're not a good three-point shooting, uh, shooting percentage team, but they kept chucking them up. Um, I'd say probably 30% less than they did in other games that I've watched, which for them right. is big. Announcers kept commenting on it that their three-point shooting was lacking, but they were making a decent amount, at least within the first half. I thought right. once Neil came into the game, things definitely changed for ASU. Um, his length really bothered the U of A guards, like Kerr, Carriza, Kerr, I see back his jersey, so I was just saying Kerr. Um, I also thought Tabellis' defense was a little bit exposed in this game, and also um, Bialo had battle trouble, which put them him on the bench for an extended period of time. I thought Washington was fantastic. He was in foul trouble, but was able to stay on the court for a lot of the game, which his length really, really bothered folks. Um, Collins, again, he was able to get to the middle of the paint successfully and was able to dish appropriately. He missed a lot of floaters. Um, and then, of course, Cambridge, he, he reeled in a little bit some of his chucking shots. He did shoot one at the end of the game with 36 seconds left, which I thought was just a Terrible shot when we were. I know he was wide open, but it was like the two. It was like it was almost like he was going for a two for one, which it doesn't. It's like you're winning. What are you doing? Um, I don't know. So I, I thought just all around, um, it was a really good team effort. Yep. Uh, I think it just appeared that the coaches and Bobby Hurley finally maybe said something to this crew of, "Hey, we want you to be yourselves, but you need to play within the game." 
And yeah. they seemed to make some adaptions on offensive sets to make sure that they were going into the post, some backdoor cuttings, um, some back end picks as well. I did right. see them continuously run the wheel a lot, but there seemed to be more adjustments that were going on. Yeah. Just this so all time. the wheel, the wheel. Yeah. If you yeah. can't see and it on wife, Spotify. That's we're doing the, you know, it looks like the NBA coaches right. challenge uh, wheel route. And, and, yeah. and my wife even commented like, Curly was still yelling at the refs so many yeah. times, you know, in the I middle know. of games when it's crucial plays and selections. But I almost feel like our foul trouble forced him to make rotational changes right. that maybe put players on the court that were able to minimize some of the U of A players' strengths, which mm-hmm. maybe Hurley wouldn't have done if he didn't have about five to six guys in foul trouble. That's a really good analysis. A lot of really good points uh, that you made, and you're probably spot on. Um, it does seem that our length disrupted U of A. In terms of when you look at the percentages, ASU shot 53.7% from the field and shot 39% from three and 60% from the free throw line. Uh, U of A shot 50% from the field, 42% from three, and 67% from the free throw line. Uh, we had 14 more field goals than they did in terms of attempts. Uh, and then on the three-point attempts, we only had two more. And then the free throw disparity was massive. U of A missed 11 of those. Uh, I think you know Drew Hefner was talking about that was a big reason they lost. But at the same time, the percentages look pretty even. Uh, you know, Defense travels, I think that's the main thing that's a concern for U of A as they go forward, that how is Pell Larson and how is Tubelas, how are they going to play in the tournament when things get really physical? It was always a thought of mine just looking and then Kirk Creese. I mean, you know, he's obviously their X factor, but there's some, like that three he took late in the game where he just YOLO'd it like he was Steph Curry off of a screen and there was a really good contest by ASU. I was like, thank God you shot that because, you know, if he would have made it, I would have been like, all right, great shot, congrats. But he, that was not a smart shot, just like that uh, Des Cambridge shot before the game winner was not the smartest either. Uh, what was the nickname that we were uh, you, you came up with for Des Cambridge that he <laughs> Des, <laughs> dumb shot? Des dumb shot Cambridge. Uh, so no. funny because we we had texted each other that I think with that thirty seconds yeah. left shot, and also I had, a, I had a high school coaches meeting that day, and we were talking about Cambridge and how it reminds us a little bit of Alonzo Verge. It's like <sighs> microwave score, but. Yep. God, he's going to lose you some games and he's going to win you some games. And you just I know. Someone to reel him in. But yeah. That, good analysis there. And I also, I did think the refing was, was pretty well done um, until the end of the game. There are times I usually feel like you know, Pac-12 refs are awful. I did not feel that here. I did think at the end, like, Fiala probably got away with a couple shoves in the back on rebounds. Yeah. And then when he, like, hurt his knee at the end, and they had to put in a different free throw shooter for him because he's such a terrible free throw shooter. Uh Obviously, yeah. you can't really control that. But I do think ASU overcame a lot in this game, and a 60-footer will do that for you. Yeah, that will be what – were, what were the two that you called it? The, the McHale Mary and the Gamebridge? And he called Gamebridge? Those are Gamebridge, that, yeah. That's I've seen shirts of Gamebridge uh, already being created. And then uh, Arizona Republic, the front page of the sports page, was McHale Mary. McHale yeah. Mary. So we have the Jail Mary. Uh, ASU USC at the Coliseum when Jalen 
uh, strong, you know, catches the Hail Mary from Mike Bercovici, right? Now we have the McHale Mary with Des Cambridge. So I, in terms of where ASU looks for the tournament, everything I'm reading from Chris Cartman, a lot of guys online says, I think we still need to win some more games to really feel that we're certified. It's just like every year. Here we go on the bubble. It's like clockwork, but yeah. uh, start strong, fade. This is a signature win, a quad one win on the road. Obviously the win of the year. I hope they can, you know, parlay this into momentum and just hopefully win out from here and really get hot in the Pac-12 tournament and leave no doubt that they deserve to be in. Yeah, uh, so you get that quad one win, Nick, and I saw this. They're now ranked 59th in the net rankings, yeah. which keeps them on the bubble because you you have all these correct. championships for the lower mid-majors where people will sneak in that aren't in the, the rankings right now. But I do right. think if you go down and you beat UCLA this week, oh, it would be massive. In the country, you're in. And we talked we talked about before on another podcast. You get twenty wins; it's kind of a magic number to at least yeah. be considered. But like you said, you beat UCLA, I think you're in. If you lose yeah. UCLA, beat USC, you might have to win a game in the Pac-12 tournament. Today. I think they got to win two games in the Pac-12 just to be really sure. Like, leave no doubt. Don't screw us, committee. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. If you if you beat US, UCLA, you should be in. That would be another huge quad one win on the road against the number four team in the country. And there'd be recency bias from the committee maybe looking at it and go, well, they just beat U of A and UCLA on the road. So uh, yeah. hopefully we really can just bring that all-out attack, maybe play a 3-2 zone, mix up all the defensive coverages, go a box and one at times, just really throw UCLA off as best we can and hope that our defense throws them off and we can – Hopefully dribble, drive, penetrate, not run the wheel route all the time, do some stuff like you said, some backdoor cuts, some some motion, just move without the basketball and, and see if we can uh, get hot from from three and get, get a little lucky. I don't know. What do you think the keys to beating UCLA are? Well, we were at the other UCLA game, Nick, which we had a chance to win that game very much so. Um, yep. I thought we were athletically longer than them. Again, once we put the pressure – in the backcourt, they really seem to struggle. We didn't start yeah. off the game with the press. I think you have to start off the game now with the press. Yeah, um, Really lock in, kind of utilize, I don't want to say similar sets because UCLA doesn't have the bigs that U of A does. Mm-hmm. Um, but just more movement on your offenses. It's just a consistent theme with Bobby Hurley's teams that you yep. know this, these wheel motion plays don't always work unless you're trying to create a game plan specifically for the UCLA program. Which you have that on film now, you should be able to successfully do so. Right. Uh, again, ASU is very athletic. UCLA is a better team. Let's just be frank about it. Yep. It, yep. it keeps you in games if you can honestly, frankly, coach well and, and reel your team in to do the right things. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Bobby's going to have to keep us cool. If, we, if UCLA goes on runs and the crowd's into it, he needs to call timeouts to stop the momentum. He needs to settle us down. You know, Frankie Collins, Austin Nunez. Hopefully really lead the offense well. Limit dumb shots. Limit, you know, chucking in transition where the shot's not there. Really work it through the offense. Um, yeah. That would is be... This, is, is Cambridge... Is that a, is this a bad thing in the long run that he, he goes off like this? Is he going to start chucking again? We saw we saw a Twitter post from Kobe. six days before yeah. that shot where he says, I re- he says something along the lines of, I've realized that I've taken some bad shots in my career. But, you know, I'm always confident they go in, so right. I'll be better going forward. But who knows? I mean, this gives you the ultimate confidence. I'm hitting from 60 feet. I'm going to start. Ultimate green light. Ultimate green yeah. light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dame time. Cambridge time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right, right. But when we watched in person the game, Cambridge was a big issue because of all the chucking he was doing. 
Mm-hmm. Especially late in that game. It was huge. It was a big impact. Yep. Uh, I, I agree. Um, U of A, where do you think they're, man, what do you think the ceiling is for U of A? I mean, they, they're a talented team. They have a lot of offensive talent. I think if Kylan Boswell was older, like if Kylan Boswell were two years older, like he's going to be a really, I think he's going to be a really good player for U of A. Man, if he were older, I think they'd have a really good shot and he could really lead the offense compared to Kirk Creesa. But I just, they're going to have to really get really good production from Courtney Ramey, um, you know, from Balo and really be tough. And, you know, I think Cedric Henderson's been really good for them. But, uh, you know, the big thing for me is just can Tubelis really bring it in the postseason, be tough and hold his own defensively? I mean, he scores almost 20 a game, but is he going to give up that same amount, if not more? Yeah, and he shouldn't, especially if you got him with Balo on the floor with him. Like, that's a very long line. It's confusing from a guy who doesn't watch you a lot as to why. He is not better on defense with it's the, it's the Euro. college game. Yeah, it's, just, it's such a confined court. He should be okay. Like in the NBA, I get it. Like yeah. it's so much more open. But that's a huge issue for them, along with the guard play. Like, mm-hmm. can you really rely on Carriza to to always be this microwave score? I know and these younger guys. I don't know if they've been exposed from time to time. I'm making. Mm-hmm. I'm making a little bit of a generalization, but it does seem a lot of the European players, the white European players, do not have a massive emphasis on playing hard on-ball defense from the guys who've come to the league. There are some. Ginobili was an exception. I would say Ginobili that comes to mind, but a lot of these guys don't play intense on-ball defense. They're very skilled. They're extremely talented. I just don't know if that's part of the culture or whatnot. It just it just does, seems to be a little bit of that feeling that they're extremely talented and skilled. But you know, look what happened in the playoffs in the tournament last year. So, but it's strange because when you watch European basketball, the they play really good. Right? Is their defense is so great? So it's Team, yeah. here, the defense seems to be lacking. Uh-huh. Maybe it's just the yeah. team defense approach is I better think it's a role. lot of team, right, a lot of team defense. But at the same time, that's a good, that's a great point. I don't know. So we'll have to yeah. see how, you know, how that goes. And, uh, you know, I think U of A has a shot, but my prediction is that right now is they're out in Sweet 16. Um, yeah. Probably, and that's, but, you know, who knows what the matchup is? It's so important. It's matchup dependent. Madness. Matchup dependent. People call yeah. miracle runs because the matchups are good. So yep, yep. it's very, very right matchup. Elite eight, maybe a shot of the final four. I mean, yeah. you know, it can if they're if all those guys are on their game into Bellis and Larson, you know, and Kerr Creasa is hitting shots and Balo's, you know, cleaning the glass and getting buckets down low. I mean, they they have a really talented team. Um, yeah, and just be Lord's curious a good to see. Coach. So Lloyd can coach you through some games, but yep. again, if you just look at this team. And you watch them, you think, yeah, it's a tough team, but you're not saying, oh man, that team's going to win it all. Right. There's not like the fear that they strike into you like some other teams. Right. Even though they're very exactly. talented. They're very talented. Uh, U of A or ASU side, it would be a gigantic win if they make the tournament. Obviously, different expectations for the programs. It shows U of A is a better program, obviously. Um, but. I hope that they can make the tournament. It would be massive. We'll uh, we'll be watching for the away series, UCLA, USC, see what happens in the Pac-12 tournament uh, as, as they go on. So let's hope that Bobby makes some adjustments, that uh, there are some learning lessons, you know, to be had, and hope that we, you know, continue to see a little bit more efficient basketball, hope the shooting keeps up. Because if they can shoot from three, that's one thing we've said. If they can make shots, 
they've got a really good defensive, annoying, pesky team. I mean, that that type of team really can annoy you and get you out of your, your rhythm, so to speak. Yeah, just don't lean on it, right? I want them to start out the first 10 minutes just attacking the basket. That will open up your good three-point shooting options. That yep. This team tends to sometimes lack IQ and that they'll yeah. come out shooting threes right away when they're right. so effective and athletic getting to the hole, and that'll It'd open be- up better threes. It's it's confusing, and I'm not saying that Hurley's not preaching that to them, but from the outsider's point of view, it just seems like they aren't getting the correct coaching to adjust their games. I agree. It'd be good to have Dez dribble drive and kick to like Frankie Collins or Nunez to shoot. They seem to have decent spot up shooting games where Dez to me is still like, Oh God, don't shoot that. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it's either going in or, Oh man, it's a terrible shot. Or a big and clank. Then, right. Right. Kind of cool though, Nick. And, and I don't know if our listeners know this, but the two Cambridges and Washington, they all decided to come over to get transfer class. Like it was a, yeah. it was a package deal. So this is very much, their season yes and if it is successful with the, the transfers and they're able to get into the tournament and let's say even a game in the tournament i think that really helps this program going forward to show other transfers that they should come to asu and have an impact on winning right away yeah i would agree um it, it is really cool they all came together i hope that this works out well for them warren washington's been a nice big for us um so let's uh we'll definitely have to be reporting back you know uh in future episodes just to really do a recap of uh you know how it went the last two regular season games the pac-12 tournament where does everything seed up we'll do a pre March Madness uh, episode, regardless if ASU makes it or not. Talk on U of A. Uh, if ASU doesn't make it, U of A makes it. Obviously, we'll have Drew Hefner on, our uh, resident U of A hoops expert, to uh, talk through what he thinks. You know where he thinks it's going. So, uh, overall, great day in Sun Devil Land. Um, signature win. Great feeling for the boys. To uh, it's always a great day to beat U of A, especially in in uh, in Tucson down at McHale Center. What a yeah. What a Beautiful. win. What a win. What a win. And, they, you know, March Madness is coming up. We're two days away. So maybe we'll even do a Native AZ Sports Show um, tournament bracket. That would be great. That would be fantastic. We should do like a, we should do an interactive one with all our listeners. Maybe get them, get get everybody in on it and uh, raffle away. I don't know, a gift card or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, ASU, uh, ASU goes all the way. And you know the best, yeah, yeah, okay. Plus five, <laughs> plus ten thousand odds. Uh, we'd, we'd be rich. Yeah, um, we'd, uh, we'd be expanding this podcast pretty rapidly. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a HELOC out of my house right now to throw it down. Uh, so, but the best time of March, spring training. You know, you've got March Madness coming up, and there's nothing like. 78 80 degree weather you're in you know catching the game maybe at a bar in old town where it's like 12 o'clock on a friday or something like that it's just that feels like spring right hitting a, a diamondbacks game salt river uh field and then you got the march madness going on uh it, it's a great time so another another great month coming up for arizona in general uh and also obviously as we know the other valley sports heating up and kevin durant's debut soon to come so Great, uh, great time to be uh, hopefully an Arizona sports fan. Let's hope things go well for ASU. Uh, we'll be reporting back very shortly. Yeah, tune in to us. We'll give you all the latest updates. And yeah, huge month coming up. I'm excited. Kind of feel like a kid again in March. Spring break. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it, spring break hits a little different when you're a parent of two. There's not as many breaks, <laughs> but I'll, we'll have to we'll have to escape out uh, for a beer to watch uh, some good college sports. But uh, 
Have a great week, Ben. Have a great week to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. And episode 21, ASU takes down U of A, uh, number, rank, number seven ranked U of A in Tucson. Go Devils. Go Devils, baby. Everybody have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.